0: One of the greatest needs today among God's people is just this thing: Will I give myself to prayer, to intercession for lost men and women? Will I give myself to prayer, intercession for God's people, because the world has come in with all its sinfulness, and sin today is no longer sin. But the result is very little real testimony for the Savior. Very few are going to see. God looks for a man to see, and he found none. It was Ezekiel, yeah, this chapter 22 runs from uh, from verse 25. In fact, it starts in verse 23 and runs to the end of the chapter. I sought for for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none welcome to the
1: unchanging word radio bible study our teacher is dr john g mitchell i'm after your hearts not your heads is a refrain often heard by college students in dr mitchell's bible classes in his own words his goal was to help you fall in love with the savior and his teachings always tended to fill your mind with the lord jesus christ he was also a pioneer radio speaker in his day there were no tape recorders so he and his organist had to be at the station five evenings a week he was heard live every weekday on radio stations in the Northwest. The Unchanging Word is an independent Bible study, but by the grace of God, we can still benefit from the ministry and teaching of Dr. John G. Mitchell.
2: Life at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place, and by his grace, came with me to. In our series on the spiritual life of the believer in Christ, we have now come to a practical matter of the Christian in his walk with Christ. This has to do with prayer. Praying in the Spirit is brought to our attention first of all, and this is important for fellowship with God. Dr. Mitchell takes us to Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 10, and here our lord addresses the disciples request for him to teach them how to pray they knew that john the baptist had taught his disciples how to pray so now jesus's disciples wanted to know how as well now not only does our lord teach what to pray he illustrates by way of a parable how to pray so let's open our bible to luke chapter 11 verse 1 Here, Dr. Mitchell presents Jesus' teaching on prayer on The Unchanging Word, Bible Broadcast.
0: Let's look at this for a few moments. You'll notice in this book of Jude, we are to be, and by the way, Jude is a book of the last days, gives to us the teaching, the false teaching, I should say, and the lives of these false teachers. What shall we do? Then you have these verses. Well, you to pray in the spirit. You'll be a studious one, praying, loving, hopeful, compassionate. Let me read you something. Prayer is the only power in the world to which God will yield. It's a quotation. I think I got this from E.M. Bounds. By the way, if you get chant chance to get that book, E.M. Bounds on Power Through Prayer. I used to read that book quite a bit. You should drive me to my knees. Power Through Prayer, by E.M. Bounds, if you wanted. It's a quotation from him. Prayer is the only power in the world to which God will yield. Listen to this one. Prayer links the believer to omnipotence. Prayer leads the believer, links the believer to omnipotence. Jesus said to his disciples, if you have faith as much as if Faith, as much as a mustard seed. You'll see to this mountain, be removed. It shall obey you. I suggest, by the way, in that connection, put in Isaiah chapter 40, the whole chapter. Worth reading. I like to read that over and over and over again. Now, God is looking for men to pray. And I'm, I'm going to take time on this. If you got your Bibles, turn to Luke. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I'd like to read this. It came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And then in verses 2, 3, and 4, he gives to us The sample prayer, the model prayer. You'll notice it. When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven. So on earth. You'll notice it starts with worship and praise. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth, even as it is done in heaven. Give us day by day, then you have your request. First of all, the sample prayer, you have worship and praise and adoration. Followed by your requests. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. That's your. First of all, worship and praise and give your request. And then you have this one, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And if I might quote from Matthew, where he gives the same thing, for thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. It ends with worship. Starts with worship, praise, and adoration. Then your requests, and follow that by worship and praise again. It's the sample prayer. Now from verses, uh, from verse 5 down to verse 8. Verse 5 to verse 8. We are told how to pray. We are told how to pray. Now God is looking for men, but but again he says how to pray. He said to them, which of you shall have a friend, shall go unto him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. And he from within shall, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall say, trouble me not, the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he's his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. How shall I pray? I've got a mean business. And here's the illustration. Here's a man comes in his journey and meets his friend. And the friend has nothing to say before him. It's in the evening. Time to go to bed. But he had nothing to say before him. The traveler was hungry. So he went down to his friend down the street. Knocked on the door and said, lend me three loaves. Go on, beat it. My family's in bed. Kids are in bed. Beat it. The sooner you give me the three loaves, the sooner you can go back to bed. Give me my three loaves. Give me my three loaves. Give me my three loaves. Go and beat it. No, I want my three loaves. You got to mean business. And Jesus said, I'll tell you, he'll get up and give him everything he wants, more than he needs. But for, to get rid of him? No, no. They've got a heart. They're friends. When you pray, do you mean business? Or is it just some form you go through? And I say very frankly, it's so easy to get down and pray and give your requests. It's very little worship, very little time given to praise and adoration. We make our requests, get off our knees, and we haven't been praying for more than two or three minutes. Hmm? Then you get off your knees and you forget what you prayed for. Anybody not guilty? We're all guilty. Prayer is not just a form to go through. You've got to mean business. And then the third thing, I will not want to spend too much time on this, but the third thing is the encouragement to pray. Let's, let's read it now. I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given unto you. Uh, Seek, and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of a father, will he give him a stone? If he ask for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them? that ask him. Now, remember, this is before Pentecost. God will not withhold heaven's greatest gift when you come to him and you mean business. Ask, you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. I'll not even withhold heaven's greatest gift. You got to mean business. But the encouragement... I'll not even withhold heaven's greatest gift to you. So you have in this chapter, chapter 11 of Luke, the model prayer. How to pray, you got to main business, and you've got the encouragement to pray. You will not withhold heaven's greatest gift. I think I would also put in there Luke chapter 18, the first few verses. Men ought always to pray, and not to faint. Then the Lord tells the story of a man about a woman. You remember pleading with somebody, and uh, the judge put up with it just so long, and then they get rid of the woman. You know, it's like the disciples said to the Lord one day, when that Phoenician woman came, and the disciples said, Lord, send her away. You never get rid of that woman until you meet her need. You remember that story? And Jesus said, I'm sent but to the lost chief of the house of Israel. Lord, help me. I can't take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Dog I am, but give me the clothes. Oh, woman, go home. Your daughter is healed. Mean business. And I just trust that you'll come into that place in your life where you'll take the time. To wait upon God. To mean business with God. I tell you very frankly, God means business with you. Do I mean business with God? This is what we have here. Gotta mean business. Let me let me suggest something to you. God is only God is looking not for crowds. He looks just for one man. One man's enough. Do you know that? Let me read you a verse, Jeremiah 33.3. 3. Maybe you know that verse. Jeremiah 33.3. 3. Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which you don't even know. Doors wide open. Call unto me, I'll meet your every need. What do you know about God? What do I know about God? I mean experientially. You can get your mind filled with doctrine, and that has its place. You can be a good theologian. Bless your heart, I wish you were. But with all these things, there must be something where you have a personal relationship. You come into the presence of God. Is he not your father? Is he not your father? Yes. Now, I've been a pastor for many, many years, and I've been in homes where the kids say, Ma! Pleading with the mother. Mom. And boy, they, they mean business. And to get rid of the kids from ground, the mother gives it to them. Got to mean business. Men ought not always to pray and not to faint. May I tell you, young people, it's easier to to faint than it is to pray. Got to mean business. Let me suggest this. It's a quotation, by the way. I'll give it to you. Satan fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks our wisdom, but he trembles. When we pray, it's a quotation from Bounds again. I'll read it again. Satan fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. God's looking for one man. That's enough. God's going to destroy, let me give you some illustration of that. God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but he'll not do it when he talks to his friend, Abram. Remember that? And when he told Abram what he was going to do, I read, by the way, that's in Genesis chapter 18. I read that Abram stood yet before the Lord. That is, he stood between God in his righteousness and holiness and Sodom and his terrible corruption. They began to plead with God. "If there's 50 righteous, will you save the city for the 50 sake? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Now please notice: He intercedes right down through to 10. And the ground upon his pleading was the righteousness of God. God will always do the right thing. If it lacks five of the 50, 40, 30, 20, let not my Lord be angry it's just ten, yes, Abram, I'll save the city for the ten's sake. And 19 you get, chapter 19 of Genesis, you have the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Then I read this in the 19th chapter. And God remembered Abraham and delivered Lot and his family. Here's a man, a creature of the dust. Can he be doing a holy, righteous God in his righteous judgment and his cities in their sinful corruption? One man, that's all you need. I take Exodus chapter 32. Here's Moses up in the presence of God receiving the law. And while he's up there receiving the law, Aaron and the people of Israel get restless. And the people say to Aaron, up and make us gods. As for this man Moses, we don't know where he is. And you remember he asked for their jewels and their money, whatever it was. And they made a molten calf and worshipped the calf. And Aaron said, these be thy gods, O Israel, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt. That's what's happening down here in the plain. And up here in the mountain, God said to Moses, let me alone. Get out of the way. And I'll block them out. I'll get rid of that crowd, and I'll make of you a great nation. Boy, Moses could have said, boy, here's my chance to be the head of a great nation. No. said to God, you can't blot them out. If you blot them out, you can't keep your promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you blot them out, what will the Egyptians say? (laughs) That's the kind of a God Israel had take them out into the wilderness to destroy them. When I come to chapter 33, the next chapter I read, and God talked with Moses face to face as a man talks to his friend. Think about a man standing before a holy, righteous God and a nation in idolatry and corruption. God's people. And God, I'll blot them out. Can't do it. And just as Abraham pleaded the righteousness of God, that's what Moses did. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? If you brought them out, they can't keep your promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you brought them out, what a testimony to the Egyptians, what kind of a God they had. You go on down through your Bible. Joshua standing before God. Samuel. Samuel stood before God and prevented the wrath of God coming upon Israel. Take Elijah. He said to God, I'm the last fellow God got left. You might as well get rid of me. Mm-hmm. What did God say? I've got 7,000 who have neither bowed the knee to Baal. So what could go on? All God is looking for one. Will you be that one? What I'm trying to get to your heart, young people, is the tremendous value, the amazing thing that the living, eternal, righteous, holy God will listen to one man. His righteousness said, destroy them. The one man stood between God and his righteous judgment and pleaded with God. God looks for a man. Let me suggest Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Let me, uh, i just take another minute. Isaiah 59. Where read? Isaiah 59. Truth is falling in the streets. The righteous man is a prey. And God wondered. There was no man to intercede. God wondered. It's the only time I know of in the Bible where God wondered. There was no man to intercede. Listen to you, young people. We are living in a generation right now where sin and corruption is overtaking our our country, our race. Will you stand in the gap and plead? Or you take Ezekiel chapter twenty-two. Well, you've got a list about the prophets are prophesying lies and the priests are not doing the right thing. They're corrupted. And the princes are robbing the poor and so on. And God looked for a man to stand in the gap and plead for his land and he found none. Looked for a man. He found None. Let me give you Romans chapter 9 where Paul says, I have unceasing pain. I have continual sorrow in my heart. I could verily wish myself accursed from Christ if it means the salvation of my, my people Israel. I'm willing to be in a curse of things, said Paul. As our Lord has made a curse on the cross, I'm willing to go the same pathway if it means the salvation. My people Israel. I'm quoting Romans chapter nine, the first four or five verses. God just needs one man, one woman. Will you and I be one of those? Not even think about it. I think one of the greatest needs today among God's people is just this thing. Will I give myself to prayer to a decision for lost men and women? Well, I give myself to prayer, intercession for God's people, because the world has come in with all its sinfulness, and sin today is no longer sin. But the result is very little real testimony for the Savior. Very few went to see. God looks for a man who went to see, and he found none. I think I said that was Ezekiel. Did I say 22? He looked for a man standing in the gap and plead for his people and he found one. I just want to double check on that. That's all. Yeah. This chapter 22 runs from, uh, from verse 25. In fact, it starts in verse 23 and runs to the end of the chapter. I sought for a, man, for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land that I should not destroy it. But I found... None. Father, we just pray that you will put upon my heart and the hearts of these young people a great desire, great yearning to be a vessel used by the Spirit of God not only in witnessing to others but especially, Lord, to intercede before you for others. Make us to be men and women of God found usable in your hands of doing the job you want us to do. Lord, we may not have a great, a great gift of preaching or of teaching or so on, but we can pray, Lord, and we pray the Spirit of God will pray through us that our generation may know something of a Savior who loves men and women enough to die for them. Make it real to us, to my heart, the hearts of these young people. We command them to you in Jesus' precious name.